social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Hello. Hello. How are you? Me? Or the listeners? Literally anyone who will answer the question. (laughs) I'm doing great. I hope everyone else is too. It's Wednesday again, so that means we're back with another All the Social Ladies episode. I actually just saw a post in my feed from Everlane and it was like before COVID-19 and it was every day of the week and it's like now Sunday and then Monday through Friday is just today and Saturday is Saturday. I feel the need to constantly remind people by saying... Happy Wednesday. Yeah, it's a good reminder that we're halfway through the week. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what are we starting with? Okay, I want to start with something that happened this weekend. Mm. Do you remember? Does it have to do with me? No. Oh, God. (laughs) That was terrifying. No, it has to do with John Krasinski. Ooh, love him. Love him, too. He's great. For everyone who doesn't know, John Krasinski has been putting out a YouTube show called Some Good News, where he highlights positive stories that are happening right now to kind of give us a break from all the craziness. I mean, that's what everyone needs. Everyone. But what he did this weekend is he hosted a virtual prom for all the high schoolers whose proms got canceled. Right. That's so sad to think about. Prom was such a momentous moment. Tell Tell me about your prom. What did you wear? Okay. I'm actually glad you asked because I loved my senior prom dress. It was this black strapless David's bridal dress. Okay. And I, it was so classy. And thinking back, I hope I still have it. I mean. I'm sure your mom has it. I would love to try it on again. (laughs) But anyway, back to the kids. Yeah, back to the kids. And speaking of moms and parents, I think it's really cool how these teenagers' parents have supported them through this hard time. Like I saw, did you see any of the content? Yeah, I mean, so John Krasinski basically DJed the whole thing. And these kids walked down the stairs like princesses and Mm -hmm. princes Mm -hmm. to their parents basically like grinning and throwing a huge party for them. I love it. There was dancing and food. Yeah. And balloons. (laughs) And I, I just love that all the kids still got an opportunity to dress up. For sure. For sure. Um, and, and that's not all because actually this week, TikTok is hosting a prom week. Mm. And every day they're giving tips from creators about, you know, setting up your house or what to wear, how to do your hair, or there's going to be special live performances from guests. I know. And on John Krasinski's, there were special guests too. The Jonas Brothers performed. Yeah. I'm not a big Joe Bros gal. <laughs> But anyway, TikTok this weekend, or this entire week, really. Yeah, so they're posting content all week, which I assume um, this weekend there's going to be a lot more prom content because, you know, proms are staggered based on Mm -hmm. where you live and your Mm -hmm. school. So I was thinking Uh it could be fun. (laughs) Don't worry, we don't have to have our own prom, but I think we should share our prom photos on our Instagram channel. Okay, I like that. That's fun. I'll have to text my mom and tell her to send them to me. (laughs) Let's see what I can dig out of the archives. Yes. Speaking of moms, Mm -hmm. another current event that's happening right now is Take Your Child to Work Day, which is tomorrow. Pretty much every day currently is Take Your Child to Work Day, too. (laughs) Totally. Which brings me to the quote of the week. Sure. Which was from Tina Fey. Mm. And she says... 
I think every working mom probably feels the same thing. You go through big chunks of time where you're just thinking, this is impossible, oh, this is impossible. (laughs) And then you just keep going and keep going and you sort of do the impossible. Incredible. I mean, that's my internal monologue. Yes. All the time. I think it's so fitting for all the moms right now who are working from home and never thought they'd have to do this. And I'm sure just taking it one day at a time and want them all to know that they are truly doing the impossible. (laughs) I texted my mom because I was curious to hear her opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, what would you do if you had to homeschool me during these <laughs> unprecedented times? And she responded, we would do so many crafts and art projects, I would have liked it, smiley face. <laughs> and then I said, but what if you had to work too? And she responded, yikes. Yeah. Big yikes. Yeah. That is relatable. Relatable. So yeah, as we know, families are spending a lot of time together right now. Mm -hmm. And Pinterest actually just released their April Insights report. Cool. Tell me what we found. They say, you know, face-to-face interaction may be down, but creativity and family bonding is increasing. So searches for family games is increased by 1,863% in the U.S. It's a huge number. Huge number. And the top gaming trends include the fish bowl game Mm. which i don't know what that is spoons which i love and ripple have you heard of ripple no these just all sound like diy games yeah which make a lot of sense maybe if if we had kids we would we would know more about them (laughs) (laughs) um people are also searching for spending time with family quotes and check on your friends quotes which i thought was really nice and then of course besides all the searches for bread Everyone needs a sourdough starter. Everyone needs a sourdough starter right now. (laughs) Besides searches for bread, um, people are using Pinterest to find the right words to express themselves. Mm. So searches for thank your nurses are up. And then also searches for nurse hero quotes are trending. I love that so much. So often I want to send just like a thinking of you message. But I never, I just can't form the words sometimes. Right, right. And we talk about that a little bit today with our guest, Mina. Um, you know, we speak about all of the frontline workers right now who are getting an influx of this gratitude, but mm-hmm. they are experiencing some of these things every single day. And now that because of the situation we're in, it's bringing light to their work. And now we're acknowledging them, but it really should be happening every day. all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just really makes me want to reach out definitely well and there's no better time than now to kind of right. sit down with a pen and real for paper sure. and write for someone sure. a note or a letter yeah which actually mina talks about as well with some of the work that she's been doing so why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit more about mina yeah so mina harris is the ceo and founder of the phenomenal woman action campaign which is an organization that's powered by women that raises awareness for social causes. She's also a first-time author. And a lawyer. And Kamala Harris's niece. And we're so lucky to have her on the show today, so why don't we get into it? Here's Mina. Hi, Mina. How are you? Hi. I am doing okay. Hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same, same. 
Okay, so as per usual, we're going to start the interview off with our social media speed round. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite social network? Uh, man, I, I would have said Instagram, but recently it's become Twitter. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to go with Twitter. What is your go-to emoji? I think, I think it's the uh, like crying, laughing face. Mm-hmm. This question might go without saying based on a previous answer, but Twitter or TikTok? Twitter, although I like every, you know, old millennial who's stuck at home right now, I think is like trying to get into TikTok, perhaps embarrassing my kids for when they're old enough to be embarrassed by me. Okay. What about stories or feed? You know, I use both. I think I definitely have a perspective on sort of like how to use them. I, and maybe I've taken more of like an extreme view that like feed photos have to be like, I don't know, more high quality or more significant in terms of like a moment that you want to share. Whereas stories, I think obviously are just, you know, day to day. They're not like well, you know, uh, framed or, or produced or things like that. I mean, I literally just like uploaded a story of me soaking my nails off (laughs) and it's like a really gross up close of my hands in like acetone and bottle caps so that's the kind of stuff I'm putting in my stories in case anyone's interested (laughs) yep yes um okay what Instagram ad can you not get rid of yeah you know I'll actually say that I've been pretty pleased (laughs) with my um Instagram ads lately and again maybe it's because I've done a good job of like getting rid of the things that I don't like (laughs) Okay, last one in the speed round and my personal favorite. It's 2005 and you're on MySpace. Who is number one on your top eight? All right, so, oh, you're like really taking me back. I'm like, actually, so I didn't really use MySpace, but top eight was like your top eight friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Eight, or my number one on my top eight in 2005 would have been my college roommate, Claire Woods, who still remains one of my best friends in the world. Hi, Claire. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Hi, Claire. I'm with you. Got a shout out. <laughs> I love it. That's actually a perfect segue because we wanted to talk to you about um, your early days as a social lady. Like, tell us about that experience and maybe how that contributed to what you're doing now at Phenomenal Woman. Yeah, it's crazy to now, you know, there's just so much has happened um, in terms of political stuff, right? Starting with the Obama campaign and now through all of the election interference um, that relates back to Facebook, which is kind of wild to really think back. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I went to Facebook fresh out of college and uh, it was sort of this newfangled, you know, technology, social networking that uh, no one had ever heard of. In fact, back to the MySpace question, I remember when I people would ask where I worked and I would say, oh, I work at Facebook, you know, it's like MySpace like a social network like Mike, um, which is so wild to, you know, yeah. look back on those days. Um, so, you know, I was there at the very beginning and um, it, it was, it's amazing to now realize sort of um, that I, I really had this, you know, unique perspective being there um, almost on day one. And uh, I, I think about it very much from the lens of, you know, political organizing because it coincided with, uh, my joining the Obama campaign. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in, uh, what was it, 2000, you know, late 2007, the Obama campaign was really utilizing 
uh, social networking for what we now call digital organizing, which is, you know, again, amazing to realize that in many ways, Obama sort of, you know, proved that out, right? He was the first one to really um, adopt it and and use it um, as a successful model. And I remember being at Facebook back then, also at that time, you know, obviously being engaged in politics. And there was a group of us that were really pushing leadership to do more around politics, you know, simple things like um, putting, you know, notifications on the homepage around, you know, voter registration deadlines and things like that. And we were shot down early. Um, And part of it was, you know, still a really small startup and it was sort of not a priority at the time. But I remember back then, you know, we had just, we we meaning Facebook, um, were just launching (laughs) uh, pages, right? Like, you you know, how Mm -hmm. these celebrity pages and I remember having some difficulty getting, you know, politicians to sign up, getting, um, you know, nonprofits to sign up because was, there was this perception that it was like sort of this, um, maybe ironically now to say this, but, you know, this technology that was going to like, you know, uh, reveal everybody's secrets and, you know, uh, disrupt, you know, privacy and uh, <laughs> um, all of these fears <laughs> around technology, which maybe now right. looking back, we're totally warranted. Um, yeah. But it was a real, you know, barrier. Anyway, it's just so interesting that, you know, we were pushing it internally and it didn't happen that early. And instead, it was really Barack Obama who who, who took it and, and ran with it and, and you know, ultimately won, um, you know, in a historic um, uh, election uh, on that, uh, largely on, you know, being able to utilize uh, social networking. So, um, right. so it, it's so amazing, right, to have been really there um, in the early, early days and to now um, look back and not only see how, you know, we, our use of, of social and politics has evolved, um, but to your question, you know, how you're able to use it, um, you know, to really rally people behind a cause, behind, um, you know, a, 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 you know, messaging around um, issues and um, mm-hmm. raising awareness around different um, communities and the issues they face, which is obviously how we now use it um, for Phenomenal. So I, I love um, everything, hearing from your perspective about the Barack Obama's campaign and the, and the use of social media. And I love, I've heard him be referred to as the first social media president because he was mm-hmm. actually the first president to send a tweet at all. Oh, wow. Is that right? I guess yeah. that, yeah, that, that makes sense. It's funny. I, years ago, wrote a blog post about what happens to the POTUS Twitter account when a new president comes into office. Like, do they get to keep it? Does it just transfer over? But um, I think that think what we settled on is they archive all the previous mm-hmm. tweets and it kind of starts from scratch. But I, I would love to hear more about what you said about, or t- tell us more about the term digital organizing. Um, we know that there is a strong relationship between social media and social causes. Uh, we saw it with the Women's March, with the global climate strike, Black Lives Matter. On social media, you see people organizing, like you said, whether it's a Facebook event, um, posting a photo of a sign they made, or really just sharing their experience and would love to hear from your perspective why you think social media is such a powerful tool for spreading that knowledge and maybe some things that we might need to look out for and be cautionary of. Yeah, I mean, as you said, what's extraordinary about social is that in its most basic form, it allows us to spread information right rapidly um, and to amplify voices that may not otherwise be heard. I think, again, what's um, really kind of troubling and what we have to figure out is we're now seeing how you can also rapidly spread mm-hmm. misinformation right? And how um, dangerous that is um, when people are, are relying on those platforms um, to make, you know, decisions um, such as who they vote for 
but I think to go back to sort of, you know, even just the origins of, of protest, right? You talked about um, the women's march, that it's, it's about people who marginalize people often who don't have access to power and traditional institutions, literally taking mm-hmm. it to the streets, right? And saying, if we can't access those institutions, we're going to, you know, come together and bang down the door, right? Um, and so I think in the same way, you can look at social as it's not just about amplifying voices, but it's also about right. revealing and, um, right, giving giving voice to folks who might not otherwise have had that sort of access, whether it's to politics or any other, again, you know, um, powerful institution where we know um, folks are, are um, ha- there are barriers to access, right? Um, I think the other piece of it is just this idea that, you know, ordinary people can now, you're, you're seeing this with, um, you know, sort of stuff around COVID where you have um, nurses and doctors who have, you know, like not a lot of followers and they're just yeah. tweeting out what's happening in their day to day and right. it just blows up, right? And people are now able to see from the right. front lines First what people are experiencing, how they're feeling and, and how that's exactly. Um, and, and this idea too, I think there's kind of this, you know, on the one hand, focus on like things going viral. But the other side of it is that you literally can right. start a movement, right? You literally can uh, get millions of people to to hear what you have to say. I've seen, you know, criticism of this this idea of hashtag activism, right? And there's a saying in, you know, kind of political operative space that um, lawn signs don't vote, right? Uh, yeah. Like, that's not enough. What are you actually doing um, to turn people out? And so I think it's also important. I, I, I don't want to diminish it. I, I don't use terms like that because I think I, I know and I've seen that um, the the hashtag or the online piece is often just the digital element of it, right? It's just the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more that people are actually doing. Mm-hmm. It's amplifying the voices of others who are not necessarily always heard or at the top of the, you know, leading the pack and, and sharing their thoughts. And oftentimes those are the most thoughtful. Those are the ones that are most impactful at the end of the day too. They're most impactful and they're often most impacted, oh my God, yeah. right? We now, folks that are, you know, working um, on the front lines of this mm-hmm. public health crisis um, who frankly up until now have been ignored and not treated like the essential workers right. they are. And now we're able to, you know, see their experiences, right. to hear their experiences um, and to use that to push you know, leaders to, uh, you know, help them and to actually pay attention to what's what's It's really amazing. Um, We work with a couple grocery store brands as well. And even just thinking about the store associates who are there every day stocking the shelves and the people on the front lines, like you said, that they might not always get that recognition might not be the right word, but we don't stop to think about how important those people Mm -hmm. are in our lives. And we're in this situation now where we're totally dependent on um, these people getting up each day and feeding us. And I think that we've seen a lot on social media of people coming out to thank them and, you know, send them care packages, send pizzas to grocery stores to help feed them. And it's it's really a beautiful thing to see. And I think social media really helps those stories and uh, recognition be out there. Right. And it goes to the point, too, that, you know, there's this interesting dynamic with the Black Lives Matter, um, I think, you know, in police shootings where people would say, wow, there's really been this like uptick mm-hmm. in police shootings. And it's like, no, this right. has been You're going just on, right? You're now. just now able to see it. Right. And in the same way, you mentioned, you know, we're now sort of able to appreciate these workers or, you know, help to advocate um, for them. But there have been, you know, for generations, worker right, workers yeah. rights 
advocates who have been doing that work, right? But behind the scenes and are now finally able to really um, amplify and grow the work that they're doing through digital platforms. So I'd just love to hear from your perspective about how Phenomenal came to be and really how you're harnessing the reach of it for social good. Yeah, I mean, it was a really small idea. It was never supposed to be anything other than a one-month fundraising campaign for women's organizations, um, you know, coming out of the the 2016 election and the Women's March. Um, I think like a lot of people woke up thinking, you know, mm-hmm. what can I do, right? What can I um, do to, to, to be, um, to do something meaningful, to make an impact? And so I came up with this um, idea of this, you know, t-shirt that says Phenomenal Woman, inspired by Maya Angelou. Um, and it just, you know, really took off from there, again, in large part, thanks to social media, right? We were able to spread the message through, you know, these visual images um, very quickly and through influential voices. Um, and again, this idea that you don't have to be a policy expert, you don't have to be an elected official, you don't have to run for office to engage yeah. with this stuff, right? And it can be this sort of a regular person going about your regular life as most of us are. Um, so I take a lot of pride in being able to, you know, again, not only kind of create um, messages and campaigns that are accessible for people to understand um, and learn about and to advocate around these issues, but also um, create a moment of, of positivity and celebration for those communities as well. So one of the things that we'd love to hear a little bit more about is this family of strong women that you're a part of. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I have to say it's something that I've come to appreciate even more now as a mother mm-hmm. myself. Um, it's something that has always, you know, it's been very formative for me and something I always took a lot of, you know, pride in of growing up with these incredible strong women. Um, and in part, it's because that's all I knew, right? I joke that growing up was sort of like the opening scene of the Wonder Woman <laughs> movie where you have like this all female sovereign nation oh, island yeah. uh, where they're kind of just running around, like saving the world, helping each other. And as a little kid, you know, looking up to my mom, my aunt and my grandmother, like that's what it looked like to me. That's what it felt like to me. Um, and so this, this idea, um, especially as a kid of like, men in leadership, men in power. That was actually like quite mm-hmm. foreign to me. It was just like all women, right? Now as an adult, I, I realized, you know, how extraordinary that was and, and really think about how do I replicate or sort of, you know, model some of that for my own kids. But for all of us, I think um, an ongoing journey, right? Of kind of um, asking yourself, what can I do? Who's not at the table? How do I, um, you know, do more? And so it's something that's really stuck with me. Would love to hear from you. What advice you have for young women? Um, what would you tell your daughters or our future daughters? What can we all be doing a little more of to help do good? I think it's simple. It's like, just do something, right? Like it takes a lot. Uh, I think for a lot, most people to just take that first step and decide, all right, I'm going to actually commit to this and go do something. So the first piece of advice is like, do something, do anything, right? And um, no matter how small, just take that first step. For me, it was this little t-shirt. I did not set out to, to like start a, a movement. I still feel uncomfortable even when people call it that, right? Like I was just doing my own thing, like giving something, um, you know, that brought joy to my friends who were going to the Women's March. Like that's all it was um, while trying to do whatever good I could to, to raise money for women's organizations. Uh, and the point is that, you know, I think again, we get obsessed with this and, and social like this concept of going viral and likes and all this other stuff. But if you really show up with passion and commitment and you stick with it and you keep working at it um, and you keep building it and you keep growing it, 
you, you never know where that's going to leave you. And again, for me, it, um, it, it totally took off. And imagine if we lived in a world where every single person right. was doing that thing. You know, you started, it just started with a shirt. You wanted to do one thing. People often feel overwhelmed because they, they feel like they need to know all the information. They have to have all the answers. If they're going to contribute, they want to do it, you know, all or nothing. But like you said, you don't have to do it all as long as you're doing something. You have to tell us now what's next for you. What is on the horizon? Well, I'm writing a kid's book. <laughs> so well, I wrote a kid's book rather. It's coming out very soon on June 2nd. So that's the big thing that I'm focused on right now. It coincided with us uh, launching Phenomenal Girl, which I've been wanting to do forever and ever. So I'm super excited that we're now getting that out into the world. Um, and the book very much builds on everything we've talked about today, right? It's a very kind of simple story for kids that mm -hmm. I think adults can really take a lot from as well which is how do I show up? How do I, uh, how do I make an impact uh, no matter how small? And it's about two little girls, um, sisters who happen to be named <laughs> and Kamala. Um, it's based on, actually based on a, on, a, on a true story from their childhood. Speaking of, you know, what, what inspired me as a kid was, you know, hearing these stories. Um, and I, I wanted to, you know, memorialize that not only for my kids, but now yeah. realizing just how powerful that was for me. And as I think about raising my girls, you know, sharing that with other little girls and um, other uh, parents across, you know, the world. Um, and it's all about, you know, leaning on your community, showing up for your community, persevering um, in the face of, of resistance and people telling you no, right, and, and sticking with it and continuing to work at it. So it's it's all of the stuff that we just talked about um, in one little adorable <laughs> beautiful That's incredible. Um, kids book. Mina, thank you so much for talking to us. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank of you, course, thank you. of course. So we talk a lot about community in this episode and rallying around a cause and in these inspiring stories. And Kamala and Maya's big idea is is inspiring and I think another layer to add on to that is what Mina is doing with the pre-orders of the book oh yeah this is so good she's working with independent local bookstores for all the pre-orders um, to kind of just support local business especially during this time of COVID-19 when they need it the most it really is so smart and it makes me more inclined to pre-order in the first place like I'm already thinking of all the people I'd love to gift this book to I think one of my Absolutely. favorite things to do, to, especially to new moms, is like gift your favorite book from childhood. And granted, this book didn't come out during my childhood, but I'd so much rather put this inspiring message in front of someone than Goodnight Moon. I mean, I love Goodnight Moon, but <laughs> I think this is such a great girl supporting girls initiative. The account I'd like you all to follow this week, if you are not already, is Feeding America. They have continued their Humans of New York style profiles during this time to really feature people on the front lines and those who are helping support communities and, and folks who really don't have access to food. I mean, with all the closures and, and all of America and the rest of the world being on pause, it's really hard for a lot of people to feed their yep. families. I, I think it's interesting that you bring that up also because today is earth day mm, true and there's such a crazy juxtaposition between food waste and food insecurity yeah. like we waste so much food in this country and in the world um so really nobody should be going hungry right no for sure 
I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about Omaha Steaks and their partnership with Feeding America. During this time, they were able to donate 100,000 servings of, wow. you know. That's more than we have in our freezer. <laughs> That's it's for true. Sure. It's just so impressive. I love, I love seeing these businesses step up during this yeah. time and work together to achieve a greater goal. Absolutely. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone. All the social ladies, 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 all the